Welcome back to Ilta Voices, your home for all things Ilta. Hi, and welcome to Ilta Voices, the podcast series from the International Legal Technology Association. We're excited to introduce today's podcast, Mastering Legal Ops, How to Get It Right, and What Happens If You Don't. Today, we're going to talk, to talk about legal ops or legal operations and their role in enhancing the client-law firm relationship. My name is Damian Pramerski. I work at Lowenstein Sandler as a project management specialist in the investment management group, and I'll be moderating today's podcast. I have two fantastic speakers with me today from both sides of the law firm equation, Julianne Kasperzik from Lowenstein Sandler and Don Knight from Crown Castle. Hi, guys. Um, hey, I'm good. How are you? Why don't we start with a brief round of introduction? Julianne, could you please tell our audience about your role at Lowenstein? Yes, of course. My name is Julianne Kasperzik. Again, as Damien mentioned, I am currently a paralegal manager at Lowenstein Sandler. I started off at the firm about five years ago. I started off as a paralegal role. And then um, two years ago, I stepped into a role as a manager and I took off took on a lot of the administrative tasks and really got to see the back end and now get to manage a small team as well. So it's been great stepping into this new position. Exciting. And Don, how about you? Yeah, uh, Don Knight, Director of Legal Operations at Crown Castle. Uh, we're a wireless infrastructure company. Our headquarters is in Houston. I'm based out of uh, Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh. Um, been with Crown for about five years and founded the legal ops function here. Uh, before that, I was with PNC Bank for a good number of years and worked in legal ops uh, over there as well. So happy to be here. Awesome. And thank you again for joining. So to kick off our conversation, I wanted to start... Um, uh, first, to, uh, with defining what we actually mean by legal ops. Don, in your experience, um, how do you define this term? Yeah, I, I often joke that it's uh, it's everything the lawyers don't want to do. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, um, it's really the business side of, of law, right? So um, things like financial aspects of it, so the, the budget, headcount, that sort of thing. Um, technology, right? So we have a lot of technology from matter management to e-billing, e-discovery, um, you know, internet um, service now for intake and work routing. So there's lots of technology underpinning the operation of the legal department. My team handles those types of things. Um, talent management. So, um, you know, working uh, with the lawyers to, to bring on additional uh, staff and lawyers and, and helping them through that process. Uh, vendor management is a big one. So not only all those technology vendors, but, um, you know, all of our law firm relationships as well. So all of the outside support that we get uh, to make the the uh, department run. So um, I never would have guessed before I got into this field that there are, there are a lot of things uh, to do to make a law department run correctly that that don't have to do with practice of law. Sounds like it's a very multifaceted field. Uh, we start yes. actually talking about it. Julianne, do you do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think Don put it great when he said basically generally anyone that's not an attorney, <laughs> but it's we everyone else that teams together to really support the attorneys and what we do as a law firm, right? Like it's for client services and the attorneys are generally at the forefront of that with uh, dealing with the clients, getting them what they need and working with them directly. But the attorneys are consistently relying on paralegals. They are relying on our marketing team. They're relying on help desk when things are going awry. So it's really anything, I think, that supports them in their mission and, and helps uh, facilitate them in getting their assignments done and getting 
everything that they need to, to the clients in, in like the right amount of time and making sure that everyone's happy. Absolutely. Providing that comprehensive support. Um, since we're talking about um, legal ops in the context of client law firm relationship, Don, I wanted to ask you, what do you see as the toughest part when working with law firms from your, from your client's perspective? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start off by saying for the most part, it's not all that tough, but we're lucky to have, um, you know, a good panel where we're all working together, you know, towards the same purpose. And we've developed pretty good relationships where, you know, for example, this afternoon, I have a couple calls with some law firm partners and, you know, we have that kind of relationship where we can just call each other. And if there, there are issues and things we need to discuss, we discuss them. But I would say in general, just, you know, as someone who didn't work in a law firm before and has come into this, it was the understanding that, um, you know, by default, a law firm is there to identify and avoid risk and perhaps sometimes um, isn't as focused on the business outcomes. And so I think it's important to have those discussions with the firm to understand sort of the scope and where you're trying to go, because by default, they're going to sort of look under every rock and, you know, cross every T and dot every I. And that may or may not be what you want to have happen. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think it's setting those expectations is really important. And then the other thing I think is just sort of the, the balance of rate management, right? There's a lot of pressures on the law firm side as far as, you know, associate salaries always rising. And obviously we're all dealing with inflation, but then there's, you know, pressure on my side as well, where our, our budgets are really tight right now for a lot of the same, you know, economic reasons. And so I always really try to manage that where um, it does me no good to squeeze a firm to the point where it's not profitable for them anymore, right? Because we want them still around and we want them doing the good work and, and we want their best people doing our work. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, some of the the asks um, just aren't able to be achieved, you know, with my corporate budget. So it, it's really just trying to find that the right spot to be in on, on some of those things. Sounds like it's a, uh, about finding the right balance. And you raised a lot of really important points, Don. Um, identifying and avoiding risk, right? Understanding your scope, managing um, legal rate on a matter. Um, given these um, uh, given these points, Julianne, uh, when we talk about legal, um, legal ops adoption, do you think there are any benefits and advantages to address these points in adopting legal ops early on? Um, and can you talk about um, like some of the strategies that um, you've seen that can help solve for some of the um, pain points that Don just raised? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, Don makes a great point when he talks about communicating and he finds that he's able to iron out a lot of like the hiccups that he might come across by just like having constant calls or communication directly with the law firms and the clients, because it really helps for everyone to be on the same page. And I think that, especially at the beginning, taking that extra time, um, because it can be a little bit more time in the beginning to have those meetings, to set up like, here's what my project, here's what I want, here's, your, here's some of the technology that we use that we would like to continue using to facilitate like document delivery across our departments. It takes a little bit more time in the beginning, but taking that time to structure how you want your project to go, how you want the team on the law firm side to look like can really then save time in the future, which can then assist in saving the client money. And then also like Don touched upon rates and stuff. It's helpful for us to know that because we have clients that are cost sensitive, fee sensitive. So it's helpful to know sometimes like we have a time limit on how long they would like us to spend on certain tasks or whatever the case to keep costs down. 
Or additionally, you know, we could talk about alternative staffing, which to plug for paralegals, which is my, my specialty area. A lot of times we have really wonderful and capable paralegals that can do some higher level work, obviously under attorney supervision, and that can really save the client a lot of money in the long run as well. Um, so being able to just be on the same page and then if something's not working, I think both sides and particularly for the client to bring it up and say like, I'm having an issue with this and the legal ops side of things will really be able to help figure it out and I think work together because again, end of the day, client services, we want the client to be happy. So I think just having people on both sides that can talk about that openly and frequently enough and, and not want to avoid each other and not have to not have those conversations. I think it'll go a long way. And even with client retention, keep the working relationship great. And no one's going to want to like part ways sooner than we need to, just because we avoided talking about some like different strategies that could make everyone happy. Awesome. It sounds like you're also talking about being proactive from a law firm perspective. Definitely. And structuring, right, legal operations and your approach in assisting clients, right? And being, um, showing your voice in legal operations and working both internally and externally with a client, explaining the process and how you can best assist control those costs, right? Look at the risk, identify those scope, um, those scopes. Um, Don, is there a proactive role for the client um, uh, to play um, uh, in legal operations as well? Yeah, I, I think there can be. And I, I love what Julianne said about, you know, considering things like alternative staffing and makes, making some of those recommendations proactively. Because one of the things that I can say about, you know, some of my firms is that I can trust they're going to do the right thing when I'm not looking. And I, I love that. In a, in a relationship, right, where I just kind of know they're going to, they're looking out for my best interests. And they know that if they do that, it's about the long term relationship, and we'll keep coming back for years to come instead of, you know, um, maybe one or two cases, and, and they they aren't handled properly, and then, and then you, you don't see us again. So I think that's so smart. And I think on the client side, I sit in the middle of everything. So I could be a real benefit to the law firm as well, um, you know, often they'll start out working for us in one practice group, and then um, I'll have a need in another group. And the, and the experience has been really, really good working with that firm. So I'll ask them, hey, do you, do you have, you know, if it's say they're working in real estate, do you have litigation partners? And, and how is that practice, right? And, and often I can help connect them with the right people internally to expand that book of business. So I think by the law firm having a good relationship with legal ops, it, it does open up the chance to, to deepen that relationship. Absolutely. I think that's really important. And um, finally, I wanted to talk about, you know, some practical tools and tips we can give our listeners. Um, Julianne, from your perspective, and you already touched upon many of these points, what does an ideal process for matter development look like um, from a legal ops perspective? As a matter progressive, right, what does a well-coordinated matter look like to you? Yeah, I would say for my end, some of the most uh, efficient matters and projects that we worked on almost always involve some type of tracker. Um, and generally, in addition to that, there could usually be a corresponding database, or there's also sometimes like a document delivery system. But I find that that's really helpful with not only the clients being apprised of how we're doing on our projects and how quickly we're able to get stuff done. And they they don't have to ask if we're maybe like delivering a tracker 
or a status chart to them weekly or bi-weekly, whatever the case is. And then similarly, there's symmetry in how we are getting documents back and forth to each other. And so I think having that set up and discussing that again from the beginning, and sometimes those additional trackers can be a little bit of extra time, can be a little of extra work, but I think that they are worth it in the long run because it helps maintain that communication. It helps keep everyone on the same page and then it helps identify any problems as well. Sometimes a client might want to follow up on something and you're like, oh, or I don't remember what the status on this is. And they might just be able to quickly take a look at the tracker. Like, I did, did I get this document? Instead of having, you know, scan their inboxes, which I'm sure are like terribly flooded similarly with the attorneys, like you can just check this one consolidated website or database and see if those documents are there. Um, so I think it, just having that symmetry between trackers, consolidation of where the information is maintained and how it's being delivered and have everyone like be on the same page as that. And then again, just similarly, as we talked about before, having regular check-ins, maybe a bi-weekly call, status call with the client. And when you have everyone on the same page with these trackers and um, everyone's already being apprised of what's going on, those calls tend to go pretty quick. Like people think like, oh, status calls, they're going to be an hour. It's like, no, a lot of times it could be 10, 15 minutes. It's like, hey, I just noticed these two things outstanding on the tracker. Like, what can we do to move these along? Absolutely. I like how you put the word symmetry. I think it really well encapsulates the process we're talking about here. And Dawn, um, could you um, finally talk about what are some of the risks to law firms if they don't get this right? Yeah, I think, you know, Julianne's doing a lot on her end to sort of manage expectations. And that's where I've seen things get really sour. Like I can think of an example where um, this might shock you, but sometimes the lawyers negotiate their own arrangements and, and skip around legal ops. I'm sure maybe Julianne, that happens on your side as well. Yes. Um, but I can think of a time in my career where uh, it was a large litigation matter and, and that had happened that the, the lawyers on both sides had negotiated a success fee. And that ultimately the matter resolved, but unfortunately no one really defined what success really looked like, right? So there was a really ugly argument that ensued at the end of that matter about whether we were successful or not. And it was a long time relationship between, um, you know, the corporation and this law firm. And it, it really kind of soured it at that point. And it was some over something. So I don't want to say simple, but, you know, it, something that really could have been worked out in the beginning of like, here's how we're defining this. And here's, here's what that payout should look like under these different scenarios, right? So I think having business and operationally minded people in the room can be super helpful just to make sure you don't inadvertently run into that type of situation. Awesome. And as we conclude our podcast, what final advice, and um, I address this to both of you, um, what final advice do you have to our, uh, for our listeners on how to better partner on either side of this relationship? I can say that I think for, you know, coming from the legal side, I think uh, it goes a long way for the, everything goes from the top down, right? So from our partners, our senior attorney and our counsel who are really working on the project to really take charge in uh, starting that communication process and then keeping a lot of the junior people on the team who are working on those matters 
keeping everyone involved and making sure everyone's on the same page. And then similarly for the clients, it's kind of the same advice, just taking the time to provide a lot of those goals in the beginning and, and take the time to discuss them and have those initial structuring meetings. And then also reach out for like check-ins, maybe request a tracker if, if the law firm isn't necessarily providing one right away. I know like in our group, we're really big on like, well, let's get a tracker and a status chart going because our clients tend to love them. Um, but maybe other clients they who don't have experience with using those, like give it a try. And I think it would really be helpful in terms of keeping uh, apprised of how the projects are going with the firms. Yeah, I love that. And sort of relatedly, just don't get complacent. I think one of the dangers of a long-term relationship is that you sort of start to take each other for granted, right? And so make sure you are checking in once in a while just to see how things are going. Um, you know, I, I think that's only natural. And I, I think legal ops is here to help, right? So, you know, not only, I think sometimes we get thought of as sort of the bad guys who are talking about just the rates and trying to, you know, control the economic side of it, but we can be really helpful too in growing the relationship and just making sure that things run smoothly so that it can continue, you know, years into the future. So um, I would say, you know, have us at the table and, and, you know, make us an important stakeholder. Thank you both. Well, I'd like to thank both our speakers again, joining me today were Jillian Kasperzik and Don Knight. Um, I'd like to thank them for sharing their expertise and for such a wonderful and insightful conversation we just had. Please stay tuned for more content from ILTA. And thank you. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care.